Welcome to The Wisdom Journey. Stephen Davey is your teacher as he takes you through the Bible on this series. Today, Stephen is in Acts 24. Hardship and persecution often provide you with unexpected opportunities to share the gospel of Jesus Christ with others. Since that's true, we need to make sure that gospel ministry is our priority even above the desire for deliverance and relief. This lesson is called Opportunity Lost. Difficult times have a way of of revealing at least two things in our lives. First, our personal integrity, and secondly, our personal priority. Now, I, I know this is going to sound convicting, and let me tell you it's convicting to me, Uh, But difficult times don't just deepen your character. They reveal your character. They reveal your priorities in life. Well, let me tell you, tough times have certainly surrounded the Apostle Paul, and his integrity and his priority are going to be revealed all over again. Governor Felix, at the moment, is keeping Paul in custody while waiting for Jewish leaders to arrive and and deliver their accusations against Paul. Felix is the Roman governor of Judea. His brother was a close friend of Claudius, the Roman emperor. And through that uh, personal connection, Felix eventually rises to become Judea's governor. This is the same position, by the way, that Pontius Pilate had held a few years earlier. The Roman historian Tacitus describes Felix as a master of cruelty. In fact, his third wife, Drusilla, appears later on in in this chapter we're about to see, and, and she's part Jewish. Well, chapter 24 now opens by telling us, after five days, the high priest Ananias came down with some elders and a spokesman, Juan Tertullus. They laid before the governor their case against Paul. Tertullus is a rather clever spokesman, and he begins flattering Felix here in verses 2 through 4, giving him a a rather heavy dose of compliments and, and, and I would say, shallow praise. Then Tertullus begins to accuse Paul here in verse 5. We have found this man a plague, one who stirs up riots among all the Jews throughout the world and is a ringleader of the sect of the Nazarenes. He even tried to profane the temple but we seized him. You'll notice here that there are three rather exaggerated charges against Paul. First, that Paul is a troublemaker. He's causing riots uh, throughout the whole world. His second accusation is that Paul is the ringleader of a sect called the Nazarenes. Now, he's suggesting that this is a strange sect, and it's especially dangerous to the Roman Empire. Third, he charges Paul with trying to desecrate the temple. Now, with this third accusation, Tertullus is is subtly reminding Felix that Jews were allowed by Rome to execute people who violated their sacred temple. So he's basically saying, look, Felix, you know, you don't need to bother with this man anymore. Just hand him over to us and, and we'll take good care of him. That's like a fox telling the farmer he'd be happy to guard the hen house. Well, with that, it's, it's Paul's turn to speak. 
He doesn't flatter Felix at all. Instead, he simply says here in verse 10 that he's, he's happy to make his defense before Felix because of the governor's legal experience. And then Paul addresses the charge of causing riots. He says here in verse 12 that his accusers did not find him disputing with anyone or stirring up a crowd either in the temple or in the synagogues or in the city. And as for being a ringleader of a strange sect called the Nazarenes, Paul says here in verse 14, yes, he's part of a group nicknamed The Way, but Paul clarifies that they worship the God of Israel. They, they believe uh, in the Old Testament. He effectively says, we're not some strange cult. He adds here that they believe in the resurrection of both the just and the unjust, verse 15, and that's a doctrine taught back in the Old Testament. Paul responds to the third accusation of attempting to desecrate the temple. He says here in verse 17, I came to bring alms to my nation and to present offerings. Then in verse 18, they found me purified in the temple without any crowd or tumult. In other words, I I didn't do anything illegal in the temple. Paul adds here in verse 19 that those who accused him uh, of desecrating the temple Well, they haven't shown up to testify against him. In other words, I didn't do anything illegal in the temple. In fact, Paul adds here in verse 19 that those who accused him of desecrating the temple have not shown up to testify against him in front of Felix. In other words, there's not one eyewitness of him desecrating the temple in the courtroom today as Paul stands before Felix. Well, Paul now wraps up his defense by telling Felix that the only reason he's on trial is because of his belief in the resurrection of the dead. And that, Paul is reminding Felix, is not a crime. Now, verse 22 adds the interesting comment that Felix had rather accurate knowledge of the way a nickname for Christianity. Well, maybe that was because over time, or perhaps even from his Jewish wife, Felix had learned enough about the Christians to know for himself that these charges are false. They're made up. Uh, Paul isn't a threat to the Roman Empire, nor are believers. Well, with this, Felix adjourns the hearing. He, he kind of sidesteps rendering a verdict. He, he says he's going to wait for the Roman commander uh, Lysias to arrive. Well, the truth is, Felix is stalling here because he doesn't want his approval ratings to fall in the Jewish community. But he also doesn't want several thousand Christians in Jerusalem, you know, getting all riled up over the mistreatment of Paul, one of their key leaders. So he rather deftly delays making a decision, and he orders Paul to be kept in custody, although he allows Paul to receive visitors. Now, this is where the account takes a rather surprising turn. Verse 24, after some days, Felix came with his wife, Drusilla, who was Jewish, and he sent for Paul and heard him speak about faith in Christ Jesus. Let me tell you, they're curious. They want to know more. And from the beginning of his conversion, Paul was always ready to declare the gospel of Jesus Christ. Getting freed from jail was not his priority in life. The gospel was. So imagine this scene here. you got this closed-door meeting. Paul is presenting the gospel to this Roman governor and his Jewish wife. 
Verse 25 tells us that Paul spoke to them of righteousness and self-control and the coming judgment. I guess you could say that's Paul's three-point outline. He speaks to them of, of righteousness, what it means to be right with God, how a person can be made right before a holy God. Paul speaks of self-control, and, and this is going to confront this couple's own lifestyle of immorality. And then third, Paul, Paul teaches them about a, a coming judgment, a judgment when all the unbelieving world will one day stand before God. This judgment, uh, by the way, is described for us in Revelation chapter 20. Then Paul, of course, explains for them what it means to have faith in Christ Jesus, verse 24 tells us here. Let me tell you, Felix and Drusilla get the message. Paul makes now a direct appeal to this powerful political couple. They need to believe the gospel. They're lost. They're heading for divine judgment. But there is hope in Christ Jesus. And by the way, beloved, this message hasn't changed one bit over the centuries. There is a judgment day coming, and the only way to avoid standing before God covered with the filth of your sin is to give it all to Christ who died on the cross for it all, asking him to forgive you and bring you into the family of God by faith in Jesus. Well, here in verse 25, we read, Felix was alarmed and said, go away for the present. When I get an opportunity, I will summon you. (laughs) Well, like so many people today, Felix doesn't want to hear any more about the judgment of a holy God. He doesn't want to want to repent of his sin either. So he he sends Paul away. But we're also told here in verse 26 that Felix has several more conversations with Paul over the next 2 years. Now unfortunately, Felix never believed the gospel, but eventually he he just wanted some bribe, some money from Paul to free him. His, his greed is going to erase any true spiritual interest he might have had. Well, this chapter ends by telling us that Paul remains in prison for two more years until Felix is replaced by a new governor. You know, I think it's tragic for somebody to be aware of the truth but refuse to find safety in Jesus Christ. It's, it's tragic when unbelievers have had many personal conversations with Christians and and miss the opportunity to believe the gospel and trust in Christ. Let me tell you, if that's you today, if you haven't given your life to Christ, right now is the perfect time. In fact, now might be your last opportunity. So, So what are you waiting for? What good reason do you have to keep running away from God Let me invite you today to stop and put your trust in Christ as your Savior. Do that right now. Well, until we set sail again on our wisdom journey, beloved, may the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. Thanks for joining us today on The Wisdom Journey with Stephen Davey. Stephen is the president of Wisdom International. 
On behalf of Stephen, I want to invite you to join a group he's formed called Friends of Wisdom. Membership in Friends of Wisdom is free. Each week, Stephen sends this group an email with resources to help you grow in your faith. He sends articles, the answers to Bible questions, and more. At least once a month, Stephen sends this group a free digital resource. As I mentioned, membership is free and it's very easy to join. Visit wisdomonline.org forward slash friends. There's a brief form that you're going to fill out, and that's it. You'll be in the group called Friends of Wisdom. Once again, that website is wisdomonline.org forward slash friends. If you're enjoying the wisdom journey, please tell others about it. And then join us next time as we continue traveling through God's Word together.